Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yeah, cool down uh, tomorrow, however, still going to be hot again today. And uh, yesterday was uh, another record high. 94 degrees officially in uh, Boise yesterday. That is a uh, record, previous record, 92 degrees, which is established all the way back in 1957. I, I think the uh, the calendar needs to be a bit more assertive and let people know that we've been in fall for a week now. The other crazy thing that I have uh, noticed, and even noticed it yesterday, leaves are just now starting to uh, change. Now, I had a wedding that was up in the mountains in uh, Joseph, Oregon over the weekend. And even my wife and I were coming, and it's like, it's almost the 1st of October. <laughs> Why is everything green? Everything is still green. There's no leaves changing as of yet. And usually by this time of the year, you, you would have seen that, but we haven't. So one more day of uh, hot weather today into the 90s, and then uh, we're going to see 70s for the rest of the week. At least, finally, for the first time this weekend, Friday, we're going to get some football weather in Boise. <gasps> Nate Show, or, uh, Rick Worthington is uh, with us this morning. Um, wanted to get uh, uh, an update. Any news coming out of Boise State uh, of all the crazy you mean about changes? Football? Yeah, I mean, is there football news this week? Is there any oh football God. news that has uh, happened this week other than the stuff we've been reporting? Uh, we can tell you officially Hank Bachmeyer did enter the transfer portal. So that happened yesterday? Is, he has played his final game at Boise State. Uh, if you're not familiar with the transfer portal it's relatively new over the last three or four years players can decide it's not going well at the place i'm playing and they can choose to leave and go to any other university they want that wants them to come play um in hank bachmeyer's case he has the covid season credit that he'll still be allowed to use so he had one year of eligibility to play wherever he wanted but he also Began his career at Boise State, you remember, as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. So he decided he is going to redshirt this season, which allows him to play another year for whoever he wants to play for. So he has two seasons of eligibility wherever he decides to go, and we wish him well wherever that goes. And that was or where wherever he goes, I should say. Some of the confusion were, and I still hear, hear people go, I can't believe that Boise State was this loyal to this guy, and he just ups and, and quits. And, and, and there's a reason why, and that is because he had to quit right now if he wanted a full season. If he played one more down, then he loses this particular right. season yeah. as a full season and would only have one season, his redshirt season, and someplace I'm, else. So I'm, he's not he's not just quitting in the middle of the season because he, he wants to, because of rules, he, he had to if he was going to leave. Well, he's doing what's best for him, and I can appreciate that, and I, I think it's a grown-up big boy move. and. By the way, college football is a business, and here's a kid that has his degree already. Maybe he wants to transfer to a school where he can get his, you know, he can get more school than he normally would need to. You can, he can go somewhere else and, uh, you know, get his uh, another degree in whatever he wants to do. And if he wants to specialize for another school, he can do that now. Um, I mean, it's. It's quitting on his team in one way, but it's really not quitting on his team, just, you know, taking care of himself. And I think there's, you know, something to be said for that. Um, 
but it, it'll make him a lot more attractive to wherever it is that he wants right. to go. Is Having two years two of eligibility years. instead of one, you know, that's something that a team can work with. I mean, just think if we had one more year with Cozart when he transferred. Wouldn't it have been great to mm-hmm. have that extra year with him? Yeah. So, yeah, this will work well for Hank Bachmeyer. Also remember that he came in under the Brian Harson era. That's who recruited him, and it was a different style of offense that was presented him to begin with. Uh, I think a system that he was more comfortable with, and certainly that's why we saw some regression. He started a new offense with a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback's coach, and, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, it didn't fit him. It didn't fit him as a player. It didn't fit him as a quarterback. And now he'll have an opportunity to go and do something that fits him a little bit better. It is kind of interesting that uh, he has had, in his four years, three different offensive coordinators. Now uh, he will have, in his four years, four different offensive (laughs) coordinators. Um, well, because wherever he yeah. goes, it's going to be you a know, different offensive coordinator. That's a good point. He may even end up with five, but we don't know that. Yeah, yet. yeah, uh, that's very true. Be very interesting true. to see where he uh, ends up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not certain how that's going to work out for him. I think, you know, certainly the four games that he played this year, you can't burn the tape. People are going to see it. They're going to see also that not only did he not play particularly well, he didn't have very good protection. He was off on many of his throws. Uh, The running game wasn't all there. I mean, there are going to be a lot of Mountain West teams that are going to look at that and say, man, wouldn't it be nice to get Hank Bachmeyer to come in and play in our system? And there's there's something to be said for that. He's at least familiar with the Mountain West, but I'm not sure that's the route he'll take. I really just don't know. The crazy part about this is uh, you look at his Boise State career, and he started his career with arguably his best game and one of the best games, you know, that a quarterback has played at Boise mm-hmm. State in that win over Florida State. Mm-hmm. And he ends his career with arguably one of the worst losses and one of the worst performances of uh, a Boise State starting quarterback, especially somebody who has had that much experience yeah. in that loss. Nah, against, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, the, 95 yards passing is just for a senior quarterback. If it had been the other way around, we wouldn't be even having this discussion. No, no we sure wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. Well, I think that also goes to talk about the regression that we saw at the position over the last two years, specifically. I don't think Hank was worse his second year starting for Boise State. Um, but I look at the last two years, and last year was better than this year. <laughs> so that's regression. It, it doesn't matter how you look at it. You look at his first four games from last year, they were way better than the first four games of this year, and there were more wins out of those first four games as well. The thing I'm really interested in watching this weekend and going forward, but especially this weekend, is this a game going forward where the players, and this isn't something that I think that the coaches can do or make the players do. This has to come from within the players. Is this where they come together and fight for themselves and make this a successful season, whatever that looks like, or is, if we've seen in the past in different programs, is this where the rest of the season just completely falls apart and we're not going to know that until we actually see them play a game beginning this weekend? I can tell you this. Dirk Cutter is the right guy for the job, for being quarterback's coach 
and offensive coordinator for Boise State moving forward. Remember, he has NFL experience like crazy. He was a head coach of the Buccaneers for a while. He's been offensive coordinator for five different schools prior to coming back to Boise State, where he was also a head coach at one point. He's as knowledgeable as there is a guy on offensive football. He's going to simplify things for a freshman quarterback. He's going to allow that young man to get acquainted with a new system, and hopefully it'll be more simple and a better thing for the offensive linemen as well. And the other good thing is you're not bringing a guy off the street. You're bringing a guy who knows the program, knows the personnel, so he's not having to try and figure this out on a run in a short week. So there is other sports going on. Thank you, Rick. Don't forget, everything gets underway coming up here this coming Friday at 1 o'clock. Early kickoff on Friday, uh, 6 o'clock. We'll be covering everything beginning at 1 o'clock. Don't forget the post game afterwards. Uh, Rick will pick the play of the game once again. Somebody's going to win a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. And keep your fingers crossed if they win this sports update brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Then next Tuesday and every Tuesday after a Boise State win, you can get the Blue Bronco for half price. Good morning. Quite a bit of news in sports. We'll start with Hank Bachmeyer. He has officially entered the transfer portal, and his time at Boise State is over. The other big news, of course, Taylor Green was named the starting quarterback for the Broncos when they play on Friday here at Albertson Stadium, 6 p.m. kickoff against San Diego State. That's when the Taylor Green show begins. But the entering of the transfer portal, that's strange to a lot of people who just don't understand the process. But Richie Brockle, former Bronco great and former NFL player, says he's really a big fan of the transfer portal. I love it. Um, I think what it does, I think it gives the players more power. I think we're seeing it kind of balance out college football a little bit. I mean, if you look at a lot of these scores in the SEC where you see, you know, Georgia playing whoever state football, you know, the scores are closer than they have been in the past. Um, you're getting a lot of backups at bigger schools. They're saying, I want to play. And they leave and go somewhere else where they can play and they can contribute now. So I think that, you know, it's balancing out college football. It's giving players more power. It's holding coaches accountable. Even from another aspect, it's if a guy wants to leave, why do I want him on my team? He's just going to be there bringing down the culture. He's going to be grumpy. So yeah, I want them to leave. I want guys that want to be there and want to play on this team and play for this coach. Now, here's how that applies to Hank Bachmeyer. Because he was a true freshman when he began his career and started for Boise State, he still has a redshirt year that he can use. And because he only played four games for the Broncos this year, he can use that redshirt and make this year basically go away which gives him an extra year of eligibility wherever he transfers to. Plus, he also has the COVID year, so that's two full years he could start for another school after joining them via the transfer portal. Boise State will play 6 p.m. against San Diego State this Friday. I'm Rick Worthington. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, phone lines open 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com if you want to partake in the show. Um, also, uh, text us 208-336-3700. That's also a number to know for your chance to text and win your Boise State tickets. We have another pair of those tickets coming up this morning. 
I'm going to be listening in maybe the 8 o'clock hour if you'd like a chance to win. I won't say exactly when, but sometime in the 8 o'clock hour, you'll hear that cue to text, and at random we will choose from all the people that text in during that time only. All right, so don't text the word Broncos to us right now. It won't do you any good. During the time... Every day somebody uh, gets in early. Uh, and it does you no good. You're not you're not included in that. You have to hear that text to win, and then you'll get tickets for Friday night's game against uh, Fresno State. Philo uh, writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com, if Dirk Cutter is such a good offensive coordinator, why has he served in the capacity for five colleges and three pro teams? Doesn't anyone want to keep him? Well, he keeps getting promoted. <laughs> if you if you if you start out someplace and somebody's going to give you a hundred grand more a year yeah. at the next place, you go okay, I'll take that. And it's that's true. It's, that's what happened. It's not like he's uh, being fired. He uh, gets a better offer and and moves. That's what, what coaches do. One exception, he did get fired at Tampa Bay when well, he went from Atlanta um, offensive coordinator um, and then was hired as was, the head coach. He, he was got there, fired at Tampa Bay as the head. He coach. was there three years. The first year. Uh, he had uh, a really good year. You know, they made the playoffs and everything. And then two years in a row, they went five and eleven, and and that wasn't good enough. So he, most, yeah, he did get canned there. Most people in the business, I'm talking NFL, um, NCAA, consider him to be um, a very good offensive mind and offensive coordinator. That's what he's done. Why he's done it so much? I didn't realize. Did you know this? Uh, he was offensive coordinator for UTEP at yeah, one time. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize. I he, did know that. Yeah, he beat his he. he he beat his alma mater this, this past <laughs> He week. was also head coach at Highland High School in Pocatello. Yes, he was. Um, he is a uh, Boise, you know, or an Idaho resident. You know, the Cutter family has had mm-hmm. uh, coaches here he's in the a, uh, coaching tree in Idaho was, for decades. He's the, the son of uh, former Idaho State coach Jim Cutter. Mm-hmm. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Still on the way. Uh, we'll talk about that memo from the University of Idaho. Um, having to do with uh, abortion, that uh, administration not allowed to talk about or promote abortion or even birth control. We'll talk more about that. More info has come out on that. Uh, also, the uh, Boise police chief resignation, not not by his own doing. The mayor asked him to do so. Uh, apparently, Boise City Council didn't even know what's going on with the uh, Boise Police Department. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the way, too, here on News Talk KBOI. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. More than 1,900 flights have been canceled. Just about every airport in this region is either closed or facing issues from Fort Myers, of course, to the East Coast in Melbourne. Miami International having a tough time this morning as well. Whether or not airports are open, some airlines like Southwest and United, they're preemptively canceling all flights today for airports in the storm zone, especially there in Fort Myers. If you need to get to a hospital, some of the smaller ones have shut down. Uh, the, the emergency rooms have shut down, but the bigger ones have stayed open. Tampa General has that massive flood wall up. They've got their storm team of doctors in place, so they will be receiving patients if needed, but all elective surgeries have been shut down. And I'm told all the long-term facilities and nursing homes have 100%, 100% of them have generators when the power goes out. Ian has been uh, upgraded to uh, Category 4 hurricane. It is just below Category 5, extremely dangerous. Um, Over 2.5 million people have been evacuated. For those people who did not listen 
to the evacuation order and decided to uh, stay where they were at. They've also been told that if there is some sort of emergency during the storm, um, there will be no emergency people that will come to save them because they had fair warning to leave and Mm. decided not to. The um, Sunday night football game this week is between the Chiefs and the home team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, they're starting to talk about alternative sites to hold that game. Yeah, because uh, it's probably going to be quite a bit under water. They're expecting storm surges um, 9 to 12 feet flooding um, the uh, areas as it hits. Expected to hit later this afternoon. As I just mentioned, uh, it is strengthened to be uh, near Category 5, which is the worst hurricane you can have. Winds are now clocked at 155 miles per hour as it bears down on... uh, the uh, southeastern seaboard expected to hit somewhere uh, in Florida later this afternoon. It's kind of interesting uh, about that ball game. The, the two places they've talked about moving it are either Miami or New Orleans. And uh, it, that just seems odd when you say, well, there's a hurricane coming. We better go to Miami or New Orleans, you know, because that's I, usually where hurricanes yeah, hit. I, I get New Orleans, I don't understand Miami because, I mean, Miami is still would be in, not in, in a direct path. It's, it's but in it Florida, be, but it's not on the Gulf yeah. of Mexico, so I guess it makes a difference. And the, and the weather would still, you know, be affected, and Miami doesn't have an indoor stadium. No, and New Orleans does. And New Orleans at least does have an indoor stadium, and it's a little further from the uh, hurricane, so might not be affected. But looking like it is going to be, um, you know, a, a pretty dangerous hurricane there have already been and are expected to be even more so i mean this is crazy too you have the hurricane and on top of that they have uh tornado sightings already aren't expecting more tornado sightings during the hurricane how'd you like to be that it's like how'd you lose your house (laughs) a tornado during the hurricane of 2022 what and then there was a a small earthquake followed by a forest fire and then a plane crashed into my house We'll be keeping you updated uh, throughout the day here on News Talk KBOI, uh, along with other stories, too. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Don't forget, we've got Bronco tickets coming your way sometime today. I'd be listening in the 8 o'clock hour if I were you. Be ready to text to win. Speaking of Broncos, time for another update on sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Jelly. It's Wednesday. What does that mean as far as the soup? Well, it's one of the most popular soups. People love it, and I can say I've had it many times. It is delicious. Jalapeno bacon, potato cheddar. And then when I go in, I also, instead of crackers, ask that they chop up a bunch of crisp bacon and put that on top of it, too. <laughs> and, I, they're, and they're accommodating, are they? They, they, they are. They will, they will do it for you. That's how awesome they are. Fat Guys Fresh Deli, East Boise, off Gallon in Meridian, off Wells Avenue. We're still getting ready for a football game on Friday, despite all the strange news for the Broncos. It's been a heck of a week, hasn't it? Well, let's focus on the Boise State defense for a moment. They were on the field for over 40 minutes last week. It's a big reason why they lost. But they needed to make more third-down stops, and they're going to have to be a lot better when they take on San Diego State this week. Here's Bob Beeler. Boise State's defense had a rough game last week at UTEP. They gave up nearly 200 yards rushing and had trouble getting off the field on third downs. The Miners converted 8 of 15. 
Defensive coordinator Spencer Danielson. We got to do a better job winning first and second down, stopping the run, stopping some of the quick throws that we're getting so we're not getting in the third and mediums, third and shorts as much. And then um, just obviously playing those situations better um, as a defense, understanding the sticks and how we can get off the field on third downs because that's paramount. That's what we've done a good job of prior to last week. New Mexico and UT Martin both converted just one third down against Boise State. They need to force the Aztecs into third and long, and having them pass, that'll be a big key to a win for Boise State. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Thank you, Bob. Once again, kickoff 6 p.m. Friday right here on News Talk KBOI. Now, there was football news related to this. Yesterday, the Broncos announced Talon Green will be the starting quarterback on Friday as Hank Bachmeyer has officially entered the transfer portal and has played his last game for the Broncos. I'm Rick Worthington. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Coming up for you uh, this morning, another chance at that $50 gift certificate uh, that you can win for our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Huck House Brunchette, Glenwood and State. If you can answer the question, it's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Interest rates rising again, near 7%. Does it make it easier or harder to buy a house? Well, find out today how you can get help in doing just that. Uh, Low interest financing available, 208-888-4128. They can help you through the process. Our question today, there is one and only one country in the entire world that has a flag that does not use red, white, or blue, one of those colors. Which country is it? There's only one. If you know the answer... Uh, listen in. Coming up after 8 o'clock, we'll give you a chance to call and win that $50 gift certificate once again to Huckhouse Brunchette, Glenwood and State. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. At the mayor's request, Boise Police Chief Ryan Lee has resigned from the Boise Police Department. The city announcement came Friday amid complaints from officers and after an investigation into an allegation that Lee injured a subordinate last year. The Idaho Statesman reports that a Boise police sergeant alleged Lee seriously injured him by demonstrating a hold on him during a briefing in October 2021. The county prosecutor's office recommended no criminal charges against Lee, despite probable cause to support a criminal charge of felony battery. According to the city of Boise, Lee's resignation will take effect on October 14th, but he will be placed on leave until then. Many residents of Boise reacted with surprise to the news that Police Chief Ryan Lee had resigned at the request of the mayor. Now seems that uh, city council members were just as caught off guard as the public. City Council Member Jimmy Halberton said he returned from a weekend backpacking trip to find an inbox unexpectedly filled with questions about the <laughs> resignation that he didn't know anything about. said, a lot of the stuff I'm learning, I'm learning about the same time and same way as everybody else. Learning about it on television, so I'm trying to understand exactly what's going on. Halliburton said he was in the dark about complaints against Lee. No police officer came to him with issues. The council was not consulted beforehand. About the resignation, if other members knew more than he did, Hal Burton said he was unaware of it. Council member said that he had a close relationship with Lee and had been impressed with the former chief's policies and management. City council uh, members met yesterday 
for a regular meeting but did not address Lee's departure publicly. The meeting agenda was amended to include a closed-door executive session to discuss a personnel matter. Halliburton said he could not confirm whether the session, which lasted about an hour, was about Lee or not. Halliburton said all council members want more information about the situation. He has said he especially wants to hear more from the Office of Police Accountability. Boise City Council member Lucy Willis was on with Nate Shillman yesterday. Pretty much had a lot about the same to say as uh, Jimmy Halliburton did. Um, she talked uh, about transparency and reasons why Chief Ryan Lee was asked to resign by the mayor. Well, I think there's a couple of different things going on. So first of all, thanks for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we talk about truth and transparency. And this is a community we all know and love, and that's why we live here. And we need to keep it that way. Um, so there's a couple different incidences. I think in terms of the the one that uh, Clearwater County decided not to press charges on, that's been going on for a couple months. Okay. And the city council was well informed of that. Okay. Um, in terms of all of the other allegations... I read it on KTVB. Other allegations, such mm-hmm. as? Well, I guess there's a 30-plus page document that has them in it. I haven't seen it. I've asked for it. Um, but that that was not presented to city council. Interesting. So everything that people were reporting on all throughout the weekend, you're finding out, according to you, you're finding out from from the media. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, police answer to the the police department answers to whom? Who oversees the police department? The police chief reports to the mayor. Okay. Um, there are processes through uh, the Office of Police Accountability, Internal Affairs, HR. There's lots of different places in which someone could go with a complaint. Office of Police Accountability mm-hmm. reports to whom? Well, technically, it's supposed to report its findings to the city council. Okay, technically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm hearing from your mouth. I did not see that report. Okay. How, how, now, i got to ask this, I just because I've learned to ask this. I'm not attacking you. How many city council meetings have you missed between now and, and, and October? Mm, what do you mean, like last year, or what are you talking about? Like? Since October last year, how many city council well, meetings have you not been a part of? Yeah, I got elected in November, okay. started in January, and okay. I think I've missed two or three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, are you telling me that there's not a member of city council that had any idea that there were this many, uh, there were this many issues with the yeah. police chief? I think you'd have to ask each of them, but let, sure. me, let me tell you what where I come from in this, on, on this. I think there's been a huge lack of transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to do better. Uh, I am concerned that city council was not kept in the loop. Uh, as in general, mm-hmm. um, I mean, even on Friday, uh, I got the, the notice on my phone that the police chief had resigned. And when I was reading the stories, the mayor had called the statesman and said that she was going to talk to the city council I didn't get talked to. I don't think, uh, I, I, you know, I can speak for myself. I didn't get contacted. Um, I did. So I went, I was like, oh my goodness, you know, what has happened? I went into my email and I got an email shortly before five that said the police chief have, the police chief has resigned. And then, um, another, and then a copy of the press release that went out. Once again, that is 
Boise City Council member Lucy Willits on with Nate Shulman yesterday. There's more of that interview, plus she uh, took uh, questions and answers. If you want to check that out on the podcast, you can do that at KBOI.com. That was just her talking about transparency. Um, and she, uh, now along with Jimmy Halbert and two members of the City Council, both of them confirming that they had no idea uh, about the complaints from within the department, even though it sounds like they should have been informed and in all fairness, I want to say she did say she asked for the 30-page report. Now, she asked for that 30-page report yesterday. So that's not a lot of – it's not like she asked for the report on Friday. She yeah. asked for the report yesterday. So she could still get that report. So I just want to make sure that that, that was also What I'm curious clear. about is she said that technically uh, they are – the uh, you know Office of Police Accountability is supposed to report to the city council – but she almost sounded like she wasn't sure if they ever have before. Yeah. I, I I mean, the fact that this blindsided at least two city council members, you know, that have confirmed that they had no idea until they saw the report on KTVB is a little bit surprising because you would think that the city council should have been informed of complaints if there were that many complaints going on in the Boise Police Department. That's my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't know if that is, the in fact, the rule of law or not. Um, but at the very least, if the mayor was aware of these, I, you would have thought that the mayor would let the city council know that there were complaints going on about the Boise police chief. Yeah, that does sound reasonable. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll continue to follow this story. If you have input, uh, feel free. Go ahead and uh, email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. We'll talk a little bit more about this after bottom of the hour news. Coming up here next, we'll uh, talk about your money. Looking like the stock market is going to open up in the green again today after seeing an update again yesterday. We'll talk with Jeremiah Bates coming up in a couple minutes right now. Time for the latest sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli, the place to go uh, every day for lunch. They're open Monday through Saturday beginning at 1030 and in every morning making their deliciousness from scratch. Get in today. uh, One of their most popular soups, jalapeno bacon potato cheddar is yours today for lunch. The Talon Green Show begins on Friday. He has been named the new starting quarterback for Boise State and Hank Bachmeyer has officially entered the transfer portal, meaning he's played his final game for Boise State. Of course, it also means that he'll have two years of eligibility for whatever program he decides to sign with because he'll use this year as a redshirt year, and he has the COVID year. So that's essentially two years for wherever he decides to play. Let's focus on the Bronco defense for just a moment. Boise State's defense knows that they'll have to stop the run if they want to beat San Diego State on Friday. Bob Beeler with more. San Diego State's rushing offense is ranked 18th in the country, racking up 220 yards a game. Their passing offense is rated 130th out of 131. They're throwing for just 74 yards a game. Defensive coordinator Spencer Danielson says the running of quarterback Braxton Burmeister is the biggest concern. I mean, they got a quarterback transfer that can run it. One of the fastest quarterbacks we've played against. I mean, he can not only take off and get a first down, if he takes off and you don't get him, he's out. I mean, nobody's catching him. I don't care who you are. He's, he's that type of an athlete. And they got a really good old line. They always have great tailbacks. they got a tandem of them. Burmeister has rushed for 177 yards this season in four games, not including sacks. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. All right. Kickoff scheduled for 6 p.m. on Friday night. That means Bronco game day. Richie Brockle and I will start that up for you at 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon right here on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington. 
time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, once again, Jeremiah Bates with us a few minutes to talk about your money. Uh, looking like uh, we should see uh, a start to the day anyway on the Dow up on the green side as of right now, ahead of the opening here in just a couple minutes. Lots of news to talk about. I um, want to talk a, a little bit with you this morning about Bank of England trying to uh, restore stability in the bond market. Yeah, there was essentially an imminent crash about to take place on uh, gilts, which are known as, uh, which are basically UK government bonds. And yields were surging. And you got to remember, when yields surge on a bond, it just means that the price is going down. And there was some significant selling pressure. So now, much like we saw across the globe with central banks when the pandemic hit, you just, you saw it with the Federal Reserve where they came in and were buying bonds to provide liquidity. Because essentially what was going to happen is there was chaos because the UK government came through, announced last week that they were going to do a tax cut heavy economic plan. It was unfunded, by the way. And this just really obviously put pressure on the sterling, which we saw. And then additionally today, they were before they came out and made the statement that they were going to come in and actually start being a purchaser of bonds. Um, you are seeing significant selling pressure, and this would likely lead to a, a cash call. Essentially, people coming in and trying to turn all those assets into into, into cash, and that would con- severely disrupt and severely, I mean, basically crash the bond market in, in the UK. So you have, the, you have the Bank of England having to step in and actually become a net buyer of long-term debt as opposed to being a seller. So Certainly some turmoil there, but they really didn't have a choice because they needed to stabilize that bond market. And again, we're just seeing more of what we saw uh, post or pandemic wise to provide liquidity in this in this market, because this would trigger a lot of issues for pension funds, um, really for any holders of that long term debt. So uh, really across the pond, uh, that that economic backdrop not looking particularly well, but uh, certainly the the route in the bond market, at least in the UK, has been staged off for now. Is the uh, the hurricane going to affect the market? We'll see. I mean, it it, it really depends on uh, the the damage that will that will uh, I mean be in the wake of that. But um, you know, will it have a real fundamental? I mean fundamental play on it i don't know it just it just depends really what the fallout is i don't anticipate it um i mean we've seen we've seen big uh nature events like that before and it really hasn't weighed too too badly on the market but i'm not anticipating it to have a huge hit all right jeremiah bates once again 147 points uh on the dow in the futures just ahead of the opening this morning we'll uh, get some guidance from you here in about an hour after the market opens and talk to you again tomorrow morning thanks gents Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Once again, football action coming up Friday. We're going to see how the changes have affected Boise State football team when they take on San Diego State Friday night. All the action gets underway five hours before kickoff. Bronco game day, Rick Worthington, Richie Bronco, 1 o'clock, followed by the Bronco tailgate. With uh, Rick and Mike Prater at 3, Bob Beeler, Pete Cavender, then take over Bronco pregame at 5 o'clock, followed by 
kickoff and all the action. Boise State taking on San Diego State at 6 o'clock. All that can be heard right here on News Talk KBY, both 670 AM and 93.1 FM. I was curious, you know, after a, a bad game at UTEP, uh, whether it would affect the attendance at the uh, the San Diego State game. But then the news uh, from yesterday and the day before, uh, you know, about the new uh, coordinator and, and new quarterback, it kind of makes me think more people will be curious and just show up. Yeah. Um, UT Martin was a sellout. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. This is a much better opponent than uh, UT Martin. So um, we'll see if this is going to be a sellout. Now, for those of you who are not able to go to the game, you can listen to it. But for those of you who want to win your tickets, once again, we still have a chance for you to win. We have more tickets than anybody else uh, to give away here on Newstalk KBOI. Every day we give you multiple chances to win your free tickets to the games all season long. You're going to get another chance coming up this morning. As a matter of fact, uh, it's going to be coming up here sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. That's when I would be listening for your cue to text. And when you hear that cue, you text the word Broncos. It's that easy. Just text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. And then one person will be chosen at random. Don't text us now. Only after you hear that cue to text. One person will be chosen, and they get to go to the game for free coming up here Friday night. So once again, like I said, next chance to uh, listen and win coming up sometime in the 8 o'clock hour. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. Brandon writes in, uh, good morning, gents. Based on what you are talking about this morning about uh, Ryan Lee, uh, the chief of police who was asked to resign. At best, there was a lack of transparency about Chief Lee, and at worst, the mayor's office has been covering this up. The original report by KTVB mentioned the investigation by the city, separate from the chokehold investigation, has been ongoing for months. This is why I was giving uh, Mike a hard time the other day about praising the mayor so quickly. And I, I will stand corrected um, because I didn't have any of this information as apparently nobody else did either that this investigation was uh, going on. I think we had heard uh, at most, I think we had heard that there had been complaints from uh, city policemen about the chief, but I'm not sure we completely thought that was, you know, unusual. And, you know, I mean, most people complain about their job. Well, Chris and I don't, no, but in this building, we, I think we, we're the only we, two who don't complain right, about right, our job. Right. We never have. We never have. But most people complain about their jobs. It, you, can, you can have complaints. Uh, the problem comes in when they become official complaints, and that we don't know about. Were these? It sounds like they're official complaints from police officers. You have police officers who have resigned because of them. Because of them. Some of them in instances where it's cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars mm. To take an early resignation. That's where you have the problems. And, and the fact now that we have at least two city council members who have said that the city council did not have any idea that this other stuff was going on. That That's the problem. And also, once again, I, I will be critical of the mayor. If that is the case, the mayor needed to let the city council know that this was going on with their city. Again, if, if, if that's the way it's supposed to go, yeah. If those are the rules. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we also have a report now um, through a public's record request made by Boise Dev. They obtained a 72-page 
Idaho State Police report detailing the accounts of what happened during the briefing that left the uh, officer severely injured um, with that neck restraint that was being demonstrated. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up here for you this uh, this morning. If you want to weigh in, uh, feel free. Email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com right now, though it's time for another check on what's going on. Sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Check it out. Soup, salad, sandwiches. Remember, over 30 sandwiches on their menu. Check it out at fatguysfreshdeli.com. Good morning. Quite a bit of news in sports. We'll start with Hank Bachmeyer. He has officially entered the transfer portal, and his time at Boise State is over. The other big news, of course, Taylor Green was named the starting quarterback for the Broncos when they play on Friday here at Albertson Stadium, 6 p.m. kickoff against San Diego State. That's when the Taylor Green show begins. But the entering of the transfer portal, that's strange to a lot of people who just don't understand the process. But Richie Brockle, former Bronco great and former NFL player, says he's really a big fan of the transfer portal. I love it. Um, I think what it does, I think it gives the players more power. I think we're seeing it kind of balance out college football a little bit. I mean, if you look at a lot of these scores in the SEC where you see, you know, Georgia playing whoever state football, you know, the scores are closer than they have been in the past. Um, you're getting a lot of backups at bigger schools. They're saying, I want to play, and they leave and go somewhere else where they can play and they can contribute now. So I think that, you know, it's balancing out college football. It's giving players more power. It's holding coaches accountable. Even from another aspect, it's if a guy wants to leave, why do I want him on my team? He's just going to be there bringing down the culture. He's going to be grumpy. So yeah, I want them to leave. I want guys that want to be there and want to play on this team and play for this coach. Now, here's how that applies to Hank Bachmeyer. Because he was a true freshman when he began his career and started for Boise State, he still has a redshirt year that he can use. And because he only played four games for the Broncos this year, he can use that redshirt and make this year basically go away which gives him an extra year of eligibility wherever he transfers to. Plus, he also has the COVID year, so that's two full years he could start for another school after joining them via the transfer portal. Boise State will play 6 p.m. against San Diego State this Friday. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A little bit of good news for you this morning as far as the stock market. We're 23 minutes after the opening, and the Dow is still up 115 points. All right. So only 150. We're still down over 10,000 from... The uh, Dow's all-time high and still under 30,000 by about 800. But, hey, we'll take little increments at a time <laughs> as long as it's continuing to be good yeah. news. That's the only part that, that, that kind of worries me is we've been as high as 35,000 and it's down under 30,000. In some, fact, it's almost down to 29,000. Some bad news uh, this morning, uh, breaking news. The U.S. Embassy has warned Americans to leave Russia immediately. I don't know what that means. Or I don't know why you would be still in Russia. Well, it, considering nobody is attacking Russia, it, it seems like it, at least it would be safer safer to, to be there than uh, Ukraine. Oh, that's for sure. But uh, 
if they're asking people to leave immediately, uh, chances are it means you could be conscripted into the uh, Russian army. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Just, I don't think if that's somebody starts happen. if somebody starts uh, giving you free vodka, don't take it. Um, it's estimated that over a quarter of a million of fighting age men have left Russia over the last week. Split the scene because of possibly being conscripted into the Russian army. It's interesting to hear. Um, I was listening to um, our news this morning before our show, and they were talking to some of the Russians who um, have left. And it's interesting to hear that they don't want to be forced to kill innocent people in a war that they don't believe in. It's almost... It's almost like they're real human beings. And it's it's interesting in, in hearing that, because like I said, a lot of times when you have countries like that, they, the country's behind, you know, going to war and, you know, pay, very patriotic about it. But you, you've got a large population. Uh, I mean, in the great words of Wilford Brimley in Absence of Malice, <laughs> you got a big PR problem here, buddy. <laughs> I can I can try to clear you and talk till I'm blue in the face, but no, ain't nobody going to believe me. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. In addition to that, um, the Nord Stream pipeline, which is where all the natural gas comes into Europe from Russia. All right, Russia has already cut down on the amount of gas being sold, but now it seems that somebody has sabotaged three of the four pipelines from Nord Stream uh, coming into. Germany. Now, this is not a big problem today. I mean, it's just leaking natural gas into the Baltic Sea, where it's bubbling up over a 1,000-meter area. Oh, good grief. Where this becomes a problem is in two months from now, three months from now, four months from now, when temperatures drop to zero, um, hopefully Europe collectively has a whole bunch of blankets because this severely crimps the uh, natural gas, which Europe gets almost all their natural gas from Russia. And Europe right now is looking into basically having a very cold winter. So uh, if you want to invest right now, I would say European firewood would be a good thing. By the way, uh, they also believe that this is sabotage, and they they aren't saying whether it's Russian or not, but the CIA warned uh, Germany uh, months ago that this was coming. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook, or you can also uh, text us. That text number, by the way, is going to be coming in handy later this hour. You're listening for your cue to text. Don't text us now. You'll hear that cue to text sometime before 9 o'clock, and when you hear that, you want to text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. One person will be chosen at random later in the hour um, to get the free pair of tickets to Friday night's game against San Diego State. Once again, easy to do. Text the word Broncos. 208-336-3700. Don't do it now. Wait till you hear that cue to text sometime this hour. As we said, this is you want these tickets. This is a game that is going to be interesting in person. 
Yeah, there's uh, many things that can happen. I mean, San Diego State's a good uh, team, period. Uh, you've got a new starting quarterback. You've got a new offensive coordinator, and we get to find out. Uh, is the team going to come together, rally around each other, or you know, is this going to spiral out of control? We'll yeah. find out Friday night, I guess. Told you uh, about uh, Boise Dev and uh, records request that they had made to obtain 72-page Idaho State Police report detailing the accounts of what actually happened during the Boise Police Department briefing that allegedly left Officer Sergeant Kurt Rush severely injured last fall. So um, we've hypothesized and had opinions on what was going on, um, but according to this 72-page report, for the first time the report lays out what Lee told Idaho State Police as well as an accounting from Rush and many witnesses to the incident. The report includes interviews with 25 witnesses whose name have been redacted. And October 12th, 2021, Lee came into a morning briefing to introduce newly hired Deputy Chief uh, Tammany Brooks. During the briefing, witnesses said Lee was discussing a change in policy regarding the lateral vascular neck restraint, LVNR, which Boise Police Department uh, had recently stopped using. Lee then, Otherwise known as the chokehold, correct? Yes. Um, and this was a question that we had. We didn't have any idea whether or not the Boise Police Department could or couldn't use the LVNR, and apparently they recently had stopped using it because that was a question. It's like, why are they demonstrating this if you can't use it? Lee then began going over alternative techniques that officers could use to restrain and control someone without using LVNR. He called Sergeant Rush up front to the room. Uh, the witness accounts vary in many aspects, including uh, of Lee requested Rush to volunteer or if that was a command. ISP interviewed Rush about the incident. The report recounts how he described the event. Chief Lee grabbed the back of his neck, forced him toward the ground, and dragged him around like a dog. The ISP report recounted, It was humiliating for him to be led around like that in front of his peers, and it felt ridiculous. He is then either struck or pulled back at the forehead and forced down towards the ground. The chief was behind him, grabbed or struck his forehead, and he didn't see it coming, had no idea what was happening. His neck hyperextended backwards, and the neck cracked at that time. Some witnesses, according to the report, including Lee, and had said Rush didn't appear injured after what happened. However, others disagreed, with one saying, oh, blank, that's an expletive, Mm -hmm. that would have hurt my neck, that would have hurt me, unquote. He didn't tell him what he was going to do or how he was going to manipulate his body, according to Rush. It just happened quick. Another officer told investigators he didn't understand why Lee was demonstrating the move when it isn't something they can use or something that they train on. I thought that was kind of strange, too. Yeah. It seems like he was just wanting to show off his martial arts skills. By the way, Lee is a third-degree black belt in judo, according to the report. Officer Rush told investigators he believes Lee selected him for the demonstration because he had challenged Lee on the Boise Canine Unit, which Rush oversees. The report says that Lee wanted to switch to a bark-and-hold method rather than the current bite-and-hold method. The briefing incident occurred sometime shortly after that. Bark? Yeah, bark-and-hold as opposed to bite-and-hold. So, in other words, they just want you to... Let the dog, it sounds like, bark at the individual, trying to hold the individual without actually letting the dog bite the individual. So you don't turn the dog loose then. Right. All right. 
Rush said that he has had headaches, spasms, radiation shooting down his left shoulder after what happened, which worsened within the next few week, few days. Um, Chief Lee said that he was unaware of any injuries Rush sustained until he went to Rush's cubicle several weeks later to apologize because he had heard Rush was embarrassed about the event. The chief said he was caught off guard to hear Rush had been hurt. So that answers a few questions that uh, we had had about why was this being demonstrated Mm -hmm. was it something that the boise police department teaches is it something that they're able to use and according to this report no so once again the question is why was it being demonstrated other than than maybe okay here let me demonstrate what can't be used anymore i don't know (laughs) well you you may have had something there uh when it said he just kind of wanted to show off his martial art abilities it's like you said he's a you know a judo expert Right. Or as um, Officer Rush has claimed, you know, this was retaliation because of his pushback on the K-9 unit. As we know now, though, after an investigation by the Clearwater County Sheriff's Department, no charges were filed because they didn't believe that there would be enough evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this was a, you know, criminal event. But they said that there were probably enough evidence enough evidence to bring forth criminal charges they just didn't think that they could have got a a guilty plea and that's why they chose not to well the chief undoubtedly is saying well yeah i wanted to uh, demonstrate the hold but i had no intention of uh, what breaking his neck or hurting him in any way right but once again this was just kind of the beginning the other stuff going around it has to do with uh Complaints within the police department, people retiring because they didn't want to put up with it anymore, some retiring early. Those are claims put out uh, by some of the members of the police department uh, here recently. And uh, Chief Winnegar came out of retirement. He retired last year and is now acting police chief. Your thoughts if you want to weigh in and talk more about this this morning, but that's just your latest update of uh, what we know. By the way, if you want to hear the Lucy Willits interview, City Councilwoman Lucy Willits was on with Nate Shellman yesterday. Go to his podcast, KBOI.com, click on that link, or you can get it through our fan page on Facebook. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Our question today, Ellen, you get first crack at it. $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette is yours if you answer correctly. There is only one country, one country only in the world that has a flag that does not use the color red, white, or blue somewhere in the flag. Which country is it, Ellen? It's Jamaica. It is Jamaica, man. Congratulations. Jamaica is uh, correct. 15 years ago, uh, Mauritania. And Libya were also Mm -hmm. in this group, but they have since uh, both changed. Both now feature the color red. So Jamaica is the only country that does not have red, white, or blue in it. Congratulations, Ellen. You got a $50 gift certificate to Huck House Brunchette. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on the line. We'll get some info from you. Still more chances for you to win. If you didn't win this morning, got uh, tomorrow and uh, Friday for uh, that $50 Huck House Brunchette gift certificate. Still on the way for you this morning. Want to do some winning? Sometime before 9 o'clock, you're going to hear that cue to text the word Broncos. 
to 208-336-3700. That's when you do it. Don't do it now. When you hear the cue to text, you text the word Broncos to 208-336-3700. Then later in the hour, out of everybody that texts just during that time, one lucky winner will be chosen, and they'll be going to the game to watch Boise State t- take on San Diego State coming up here this Friday night. So like I said, sometime within the next 35 minutes, you're going to have a chance to text and win from News Talk KBY. Stick around. Coming up next, did you make a bunch of money in cryptocurrency last year or the year before or the year before that? Did you buy Dogecoin when it was one one-hundredths of a thousandth <laughs> of a cent and sell when it got up to only ten thousandth of a cent? And you made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. If that sounds like you, and you didn't report that to the IRS, the IRS is going to be looking for you and others like you. We'll give you the details coming up after news at the bottom of the hour. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Ian is closing in here in Fort Myers, and we will be in that northeast dirty side of the storm, the quadrant that gets the most wind, the most waves, the surge. And we anticipate we've had all morning this driving rain and east winds pushing the water away from us. This is going to shift, and it goes fast. I've seen it where you just see the ocean come up and over. Imagine 12 or even 16 feet of surge above my head. That's the type of storm that we are talking about, and we are going to see catastrophic damage power outages, and uninhabitable places for weeks, if not months. We're looking now at the potential for storm surge inundation uh, in Charlotte Harbor, places like that, up to 18 feet above ground level. That's three times as tall as I am. So this is not a survivable scenario if you're in one of these storm surge evacuation zones, particularly in that area. The evacuation orders have been expanded to our south in anticipation of this more southern uh, track. So, so many evacuation zones across the west coast of Florida and now even the east coast, the northeast part of Florida, as this thing uh, traverses the state itself. Over two and a half million people have already followed the orders to evacuate. A little bit earlier, we told you this morning that those who did not follow orders will not get any help during the storm because they were told to evacuate if they chose to stay in place now they uh, it's up to them to hunker down which i totally get it's like you have exact uh, evacuation orders and if you don't evacuate and decide to stay in your home you know other people have to risk their lives to yeah. try to help save you when you were told that yeah, this was life threatening by the way uh ian has now been upgraded to a category 4 Hurricane, it is just below Category 5, uh, 155-mile 150 sustained mm-hmm. winds are now being uh, reported. And we told you earlier this morning, this is how much it's changed in just the last couple of hours. They were going to expect storm surges um, for flooding to be from around uh, 9 to 12 feet. That has now been upgraded storm surges of up to 18 feet, as you heard in that report as of right now so this is going to be a pretty devastating hurricane um suspected to uh hit the uh coast mm-hmm. of florida by there this afternoon is a county down there called manatee county and it's, it's by uh, sarasota and uh the administrator of that county is a guy named scott hopes he said here just about 20 minutes ago that shelters 
will be closed effective immediately and that people who are waiting in line to get into the shelters will still get in. But as soon as those people are all in, they're going to lock down those shelters uh, so you can't get in or out. I mean, they're, mm-hmm. if you're still on the street at that point, you're, you know, you got to find some ways to go. Law enforcement will be on lockdown as well. So there will be no emergency services. Uh, he said the lockdown is for the safety of essentially the emergency people and also residents. There will be medical personnel available at shelters, uh, but again, you have to already be there. They're hoping to open the lockdown uh, late tomorrow morning as they're expecting the worst of the storm to hit uh, tonight between 4 and midnight. I had never, I mean, all the years that, you know, I've been in, in media all the years that I've watched hurricanes, I've never, you know, been through a hurricane or anywhere even close to a hurricane, obviously, mm-hmm. um, because none of the places that I've lived uh, have there, and I've never visited or had the unfortunate um, opportunity of being on a cruise ship when yeah. hurricanes were supposed and, to uh, hit. Closest I've come is I grew up in Twin Falls where the wind blows every day. <laughs> um, I had never heard this before. Um, hide from wind, run from water. When it comes to hurricane, those are the rules. And uh, Governor DeSantis was saying that this morning when he was reiterating people should leave because this is not just about yeah. how windy it's going to be. It's because of flooding and you, you, you can hide from the wind, but you can't well, hide from for instance, water. For instance, uh, in a basement. Yeah. You know, a basement's a good place to be when there are high winds. Terrible place to be when you're getting a lot of flooding. Yeah, and if you're looking at somewhere, as, as we said this morning, 12 to 18 feet, um, I don't know about your house, but that would go right to the tippy top of my house now because yeah, we're a single level. I'd, I'd be sitting up on the chimney watching everything. 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll keep uh, updating uh, this today. Like I said, the uh, hurricane upgraded to Category 4 this morning. It's just below Category 5. 155 mile an hour sustained winds expected to hit Florida sometime late this afternoon. We'll be keeping you up to uh, date all the news on that throughout the morning. You just heard the uh, cue to text. At least if you were listening, you heard the cue to text and paying attention. If you didn't, you still have a few minutes. All right. If you want to text us right now, text the word Broncos to 208 336 3700. That's all you have to text. You don't have to text, I want to win. Just the word Broncos. Um, and then here later this hour, we will pick one of the random people who have texted the word Broncos to win those tickets to Saturday night's game, San Diego State, taking on Boise State. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback, Taylor Green, announced as the starter for the uh, upcoming game, and you have a chance to be in the stands. Once again, a few more minutes. If you want to get that in, text 208-336-3700. More good news um, for you this morning, and I'll just, uh, before I preface or get to that good news, preface it, good news for the Dow, now up over 300 points. Uh, but it looks like we'll not have a government shutdown coming up Friday. Congress is on track to get government funding bills to President Biden's desk before the Friday night deadline. A bill to avert a government shutdown cleared a key procedural hurdle in the Senate yesterday after lawmakers stripped a proposal from Senator Joe Manchin that was promised to him on energy-permitting reform from the legislation. See, they never want to let the government shut down because uh, after a few days... You know, they don't want people to start realizing, hey, we didn't need it after all. (laughs) By a vote of 72 to 23, the Senate agreed to proceed to debate on a temporary funding bill, which would keep the government services operating until December 16th. Here's what I don't understand. Why December 16th? 
why do we have to go through? Because if there is a problem, you're shutting down the government and causing tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people to go without a paycheck right before Christmas. Why not why not keep it going until January sixteenth? January thirty or December thirty first. December sixteenth, you want you keep it going, and maybe that's the reason they do it, because who wants to shut down the government <laughs> nine days before Christmas? Well, separation of church and state. <laughs> they're not allowed to care it's Christmas. Uh, they're not allowed to care, but if you uh, if you don't... And don't write me and say it's not in the Constitution. I know it's not in the Constitution. <laughs> Senate's Appropriation Committee Chairman Patrick Leahy of uh, Vermont said that the mansion proposal was the only sticking point in their chamber. House Majority Whip Steny uh, Hoyer has been adamant that his chamber would not allow a government shutdown. Just like you said, not, not going to allow a government <laughs> shutdown. It's unfortunate that the members of the United States Senate are allowing politics put the energy security of our nation at risk. That's according to uh, Senator Manchin. He said in a statement announcing that he would ask Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to remove the permitting reform from the funding bill. Schumer said Tuesday that the Senate will come back to the energy permitting reform issue later this year as per a deal he made with Manchin last month. Keep in mind, this is Schumer saying this on a deal that apparently Schumer and Manchin made, but the problem is, he can bring this up, you have a whole bunch of progressive Democrats who have already been on the record as saying, we didn't make a deal, we didn't agree to any deal, and there's no way we're voting for it. So does that mean Schumer has to go to all these progressives and say, hey, look, if you vote for Manchin, then I'll give you... I'll, I'll, I'll give you a new gas station in your town, or I'll give you a new electric charging <laughs> you know, station in uh, your town. Unfortunately, I think that's uh, exactly what it means. Kind of, doesn't it? If he wants to get this through and you know come through with his promise. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Take a break. Uh, one final check on uh, traffic. Phone lines are open. You can email us also if you want to get through. Mike at KBY.com and Chris at KBY.com. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.54. Congratulations going out to Jill Martin of Twin Falls. Got the uh, tickets to the Boise State game, so she'll be making a little bit of a drive on Friday to pick up her tickets and head to the game. Boise State taking on... Once again, San Diego State, 6 o'clock, Friday evening on the blue. Hear all the action here. News Talk KBY, 670 AM and 93.1 FM. And we'll get underway with pregame show beginning five hours ahead of time. Rick uh, Worthington, Richie Brocco will give that to you. Another reminder also, as usual, stick around after the game, not only to uh, hear some great analysis, but also to hear the play of the game. Rick Worthington will pick that for you. And the reason why you need to know that, because Monday morning, Chris and I will give you a chance to win a uh, $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel if you can identify that play of the game. But, Joe, anyway, congratulations. Thanks for texting us. Another chance for you to win coming up later this afternoon. Text and win. Just listen for that cue to text. And then uh, text the word Broncos. That's all you have to do, 208-336-3700, and uh, you can win. Um, Some other... um, Breaking news, not not of national importance, just um, sad news. Um, hopefully, though, it, it it will turn out to be okay news. Katie Couric uh, revealed this morning um, that she has breast cancer. Oh, wow. That's too bad. Yeah. 
Um, you might remember that uh, her husband, Jay Monahan, died of colon cancer back right. in 1998. That's why she had a colonoscopy on air. Yep. And this was uh, found during her annual mammogram, apparently, um, which she said that she had already put off six months. And thank goodness she said she didn't put that off any uh, mm. longer than what she did because they found a lump. She's already apparently had the uh, lumpectomy and removed uh, what was confirmed to be malignant. malignant cancer the size of about an olive um, in her breasts. So she is... Anyway, made that announcement this morning. That's sad news to report. Anytime somebody has to go through something like that. Instant uh, message from Dave talking about the uh, Boise police chief. He says, when you get to a third belt in judo, one of the disciplines you learn is control. So the guy hurt the other on purpose without a doubt. Don't know why, but I do know about martial arts. Blaine writes in, uh, Mike, is it true that Mayor McLean is going through a divorce? I'm thinking she should take a break from trying to run the city so misunderstandings like this whole police chief thing doesn't happen. I haven't heard that. I wouldn't know that, and I wouldn't even comment whether or not that's true unless I heard that ex exact thing from the mayor. That's kind of a... It's not really a misunderstanding. Personal thing, yeah. She uh, asked the police chief for his resignation, and he provided it. And then the city council said, you know, what now? Speaking as someone who has gone through a divorce, um, it doesn't stop you from doing your job. I continue to work. I can. I'm guessing, being I, you know, worked with you. You've gone yeah. through a divorce. Yes, and, I have. Yeah, you, you, you still go to work. It. I don't think it impedes your job at all. So I, I don't necessarily agree with you, Blaine, and I can't answer your question. But thanks for the question anyway. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. News is coming up here next. You want to get through? You can email us also, Chris at kboi.com or Mike at kboi.com. Listen to KBOI online. Go to kboi.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour we go. He's Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for listening in. Appreciate you taking time. I know you got a lot of choices uh, for entertainment or irritainment as it goes uh, for your work day. Or infotainment. Infotainment. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks for making the choice. News Talk KBOI. You can participate in the show as usual. Once again, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you'd like to email us, Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, you can also call us toll free. Remember from wherever you might be listening at one eight hundred five two nine five two six four, or text us at two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Once again, those uh, texts, that text number, uh, also something uh, important to listen to because you'll have another chance to get your Boise State tickets coming up during the Dan Bongino show today after uh, we get done. So listen during the show. Um, if I were going to hone in on just one hour. I might listen in the noon hour today. If you want to go see the uh, Boise State game coming up on Friday night, just like Joe Martin just won. Joe Martin of Twin Falls. Congratulations. Another chance coming up once again with Dan Bongino in the noon hour today. Uh, told you uh, about half an hour we were going to get to this. Uh, are you somebody that made a lot of money with cryptocurrency and thought that, you know, maybe you made all this money, and, and and granted, now if you if you bought cryptocurrency in the last six months, like six months ago, uh, you probably didn't make any money. Probably lost quite a bit of money. However, 
over the last three or four years, five years, if you invested in cryptocurrency and sold some of it or all of it during that time, very good chance that you not only made a little bit of money, but you made a lot of money depending on what you bought. For instance, you know, if you were to buy Bitcoin back in 2016, 2017, mm-hmm. say, even though Bitcoin has dropped from 60000 down to around 20000 over the last six to eight months, you still would be up about $20,000, maybe a little less than that, um, if, if you bought it that long ago. I mean, if wishes were fishes, but, you know, the, the Dogecoin thing was, was interesting because if you had purchased... Uh, let's say you know a few thousand dollars worth when it was less than a penny, and 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 for <laughs> and that, then it, and for, at some point it went up to what sixty or sixty five dollars something like that. No, um, so it was a lot less than a penny is what it was. Yeah. So I mean, you were talking about nine zeros in front of a one, and that's how much uh, one Dogecoin cost. So when Doge, Dogecoin went up, I don't think it ever went above a penny. But oh, all, seriously? Yeah, I think all of, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of something the, else, though. the nine zeros disappeared, and there was only two zeros. So people that, <laughs> like you said, if you made a $2,000 investment, you were buying millions of shares of Dogecoin, mm-hmm. which, by the way, started out as a joke. Um, so if you sold Dogecoin at that time, and you're thinking, hey, this isn't government-controlled, how are they going to know that I made any money on cryptocurrencies? I'm not going to pay my taxes. You might want to reconsider that. The IRS uh, has announced this week that they will begin stepping up efforts to target U.S. taxpayers who failed or didn't remember to report and pay taxes on cryptocurrency transactions. I have a funny feeling. Uh, people were wondering if the uh, 87,000 new IRS agents who are being hired and the billions of dollars being spent... <laughs> to uh, increase spending, to hire those new agents, if this was going to affect the uh, average person, um, you know, and, and the Biden administration. No, this is just going to affect those people making over $200,000 a year. Well, that money is now going to uh, go after, and granted, this is illegal. If you didn't pay your taxes, it, it is illegal, in all fairness. Um, the agency will collect crypto transaction data, they announced yesterday, for S, uh, SFO Ox, which is a digital currency broker with more than 170,000 users and more than $12 billion in transactions since 2015. The IRS, they say, continues to chase U.S. taxpayers who failed to report and pay taxes on cryptocurrency transactions with a new court order allowing a summons for customer records. The agency issued its so-called John Doe Summons, requiring MY Safra Bank to turn over crypto transaction data and uh, a digital currency prime broker that used the bank with more than 175,000 users, as I said, $12 billion in transactions. Now, it's not the first IRS summons for crypto records, but people are saying that this is unusual because this broker is quite small, signaling the possibility of more to come. That according to Andrew Gordon, a tax attorney, CPA, and president of Gordon Law Group. The IRS has indicated this is a very high priority for them. So, if you were one of those people, and now I I, I still, I have not been, I still have not entered into the cryptocurrency game. 
But mm-hmm. if you had and you made a lot of money and you thought it was safe because okay. it wasn't government backed or government controlled and they wouldn't be able to figure out how much money you've made. Now it looks like the IRS is going to be going after records of digital currencies to figure out how much money you made. Here's where I got the uh, the number in the 60s. It wasn't dollars. It was cents. Uh, Dogecoin at its lowest was point zero 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 eight six nine. And it went as high as 68 cents at one point. Right. Which is... People made millions of dollars. Yeah, it's a heck of a gain. Yeah. It doesn't sound like much because you go from less than a cent to 68 cents, but it's a lot less than a penny when you have... How many zeros were there? Four. Did you say four, four zeros. Yeah. Zero, 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 six, eight, nine. Or yeah. eight, six, nine. That's yeah. what it was. And there were a lot of people that, that did invest in it and then sold out of it when, you know, or at least a portion of it. So, yeah, there could be a lot of people that could uh, be finding themselves because that it is illegal, even though there isn't necessarily a form within your IRS tax filings of how much digital profits that you made. You're still required by the IRS, by law, even though the government doesn't have a record of it, to say how much money. this And this happens for people, like, if you get paid under the table, you get paid under the table. There's no, there's no paper trail. There's nothing to say that you made this money because you were paid in cash by somebody who's not reporting it. You, however, by law, are still supposed to report the money that you made and pay the taxes on that money that you made. Allegedly, not everybody does this. Yeah, this is true. Allegedly. But you are supposed to, and digital currencies are no different. And once again, a lot of people thought they would be safer from, uh, you know, guidance and uh, the IRS looking into it because, once again, it is digital. It's not being recorded by the uh, federal government. You're not getting, okay. you know, on uh, 1099s on them. So I just did the math, fortunately, on a calculator. <laughs> and uh, if you had purchased Dogecoin at its lowest point, if you had bought $1,000 worth of it and then sold it at its highest point, your net profit would be $9,896,432.68. And there is the reason why the federal government wants to get that information Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of people that thought that since there's not really a record other than the digital record that the government wouldn't know that i made nine million dollars did you pay your taxes yeah on everything but the five million i made on (laughs) other irs news while while we're at it um the u.s apparently moving one step closer to letting americans file their taxes online for free directly to the irs which would cut out private companies like turbotax and H&R Blocks. Imagine, uh, as a matter of fact, um, it could really become relatively painless and easy for millions of taxpayers. They're looking into a possibility of filing your taxes by text. European, there are some European countries like uh, Estonia who simply reply to a text message and their taxes are paid. They don't have to spend hours or hundreds of dollars, even if you have a simple, you know, easy tax payment that you're making, yeah. 
You know, if you use TurboTax, you're still having to pay TurboTax. You're still having to do, uh, you know, pay money to do that. Um, they're, they're looking into the United States. Many filers, um, possibly up to 48% of the returns in the United States to be able to accurately file their taxes as simple as a, either a government website, filling out a few lines, and or possibly, uh, like I said, these are all studies that are going on now, but they're looking into to starting this within the near future, uh, replying to a text to pay your taxes so you don't have to spend days or hours or weeks filling out your taxes. You've seen that thing that went around a few years ago, the simplified tax form. It's uh, how much money did you make last year? And then you fill in the blank and then it says, send pay, it in. Pay that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people, I mean, based on how many scams come out on emails and text messages these days, would you trust an IRS text message to pay your taxes if it was that simple? Do you know how many people have uh, texted me in the past year that they've seen my name on a list of people uh, who are owed money by the government and they want to make sure that I uh, I get my money? I'm, I'm guessing about as many as, as I have. It's about 150. It reminds me this morning, I just got an email this morning that says, hey, we're holding a $30 gift certificate. We just need your name, address, phone number, and click on this website, fill out the details, and we'll send you a $30 gift certificate. I'm like, no. Yeah. But how? it's got to work. What you say is, no, thank you. I already have $30. (laughs) 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless Take a break. Uh, if you want to weigh in, we're uh, talking this morning, the information there on the uh, news from the uh, IRS coming after your cryptocurrency bucks. Uh, we'll also talk more, a little bit more about uh, Brian Lee, Chief Ryan Lee, forced to resign by the uh, mayor. More information coming out on that, including the fact that Boise City Council members, at least two are on the record as of saying the Boise City Council knew nothing of the complaints in the police department and the problems in the police department beyond the charges that he had seriously injured someone by showing a neck restraint. And I guess the question now is how much are they supposed to know? That's a very good question. And a lot of question or a lot of people asking that same question. Should the Boise city council be aware of what's going on with the Boise city police department, or is it something that should be just left up to the mayor's office? What are your thoughts? Weigh in. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 922. Dow is up 333 points. That's good news. Hurricane Ian has strengthened to a Category 4, just shy of Category 5, with sustained winds up to 155 miles per hour. That's bad news. Should hit the uh, coast, Tampa, Sarasota area, somewhere around in that area sometime uh, later this afternoon. Highest wind gust of 190 miles per hour. Sarasota's already getting some high wind, but not quite up to that standard yet. Storm surges expected to be anywhere from 12 to 18 feet above flood stage. I'd be gone. Which, yeah, which, which, you, which, I, will, which will be a problem. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be gone. I just, I don't understand when, you know, you get evacuation orders uh, for any number of things like that, whether here we have to deal with fire. I mean, we had evacuation orders going on through uh, uh, fires in the uh, area, especially in the, 
um, oh, I forget the name of the fire right now, but up around uh, the Four Corners fire. There were evacuations going on for a few weeks up there. I don't understand. When you get an evacuation order, staying in, in a situation like that, putting your life at risk just so you could be there to possibly protect your stuff. You know with, what I mean? What, with a hose? I, yeah. Uh, and if you're staying in, in Florida, I get it. Um, what, what's the saying? Hide from wind, run from water. Mm-hmm. You know, even if the, even if it was wind and you were told to evacuate because there was going to be up to 200 mile an hour winds, which we're close to right now, I, see ya. You, yeah, you. you I'm run, not going to hold my house down. You run from water and you hide from wind. And if there's both water and wind, I would suggest you run and hide. Over two and a half million people have evacuated, but there are people, as there always is, who've refused to leave because they're going to stay there with their stuff. Um. Officials have already said that if an emergency happens and you need to be rescued, you will not be rescued during the hurricane. Right. Because, because you, they, you would, they will be you know, yeah. batting down themselves. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I'm sorry. I, I totally agree with that. You know, these people have human lives too. They have families. Why do they need to risk their lives to save somebody and their life who've been told? days before yeah. hey this is going to be a life-threatening situation you you need to leave granted i know that's their job but y- you were told to leave so there's no reason for us to go rescue you if you you know your lack of uh preparedness right. is not my emergency their their job is is prepare people and then help with the aftermath but during the actual event their job is to themselves they have to keep mm-hmm. safe and to keep everybody else safe and if they're out wandering around people aren't safe uh, Litter has written in, if that is your real name, and says, it is a shame it costs so much to legally dump trash. People dump it wherever they can. Trash disposal should be free and easy to have things hauled off. I hate dumpers, and it would be their worst day if I ever catch them, but I do understand why, even though I still don't agree with it at all. It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. It's not terribly expensive to dump It's stuff. It's expensive. I mean... I, I guess it would depend on your de- definition of terribly expensive. Like to to dump at the place. Uh, what's the um, up towards uh, the the dump? Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I mean, there's different places. There's different official Sand dumps. Hollow? But Sand Hollow, yeah, uh, not Sand Hollow. The one up towards uh, the subdivision that you have to go up over the hill, and then you go into um, Ada County dump. Yeah, uh, yeah, whatever the, the yeah. name of that one is. Um, I mean, they charged by the pound, and I mean, we took something uh, in when we were moving a, a pickup load of stuff in there, and it was four hundred dollars. Oh, seriously? Yeah. So to me, that's re- that's quite expensive. Okay, apparently I haven't done that in a while because I used to take pickup loads of stuff up there, and they charged me eleven bucks. Yeah, it's gone up quite a bit. It must have been decades ago since you've taken up pickup loads of mm-hmm. stuff. Um. Yeah, about twenty years. Yeah, yeah come to think it, of it, it's gone up quite a bit. And but but in fairness, it's not like they're you know trying to make a a huge profit off this. It's expensive to run a dump, also a landfill. So they have to pay the cost to run the landfill, not just to take your stuff. We were talking about this earlier this morning. Um, we're we're in a new subdivision. We have uh, the second phase of the subdivision right down below us. It's being built out as of right now. 
And this is just shocking to me. There were two different houses with two different builders that are in the process of being built. So nobody's, nobody's living in phase two. All the houses, there's like 20 some odd houses that are being built right now. And in front of two of those houses, one house, somebody went and dropped off a whole bunch of old mattresses mm-hmm. right in front of the house. And in front of another house, um, somebody dropped off, just backed up and unloaded a junked up camper and dropped it off in the driveway. Why? Because they don't want to pay or take the time to haul it to the dump when these guys, you know, the builders, they can't leave this junk yeah. in a, in front of their brand new house that they're trying to sell. And that's what the so people who dump it there. the price. Yeah, the people who dump it there know that, uh, well, they can't leave it here, so somebody yeah. will move it for me. But the absolute gall of just dumping stuff out in the wide open like that, you know, going, well, that way I don't have to pay for it. Somebody else has to pay unless, for it. Yeah, of course, somebody else has to pay for it. Unless, of course, uh, you're... Uh, camper has enough uh, identifying uh, numbers on it that you're you're in big trouble. There may be that too. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. If you want to weigh uh, in, uh, please do so. Also, want to hear from you. Has your state rebate check come out yet? Have you received yours? I don't have mine. No. Um, apparently, uh, the governor says they're going to be going out. Started going out this week. So I'm just curious if you've uh, started to get yours. Were you happy to receive it, or is it already gone because <laughs> you have something you have to pay for because of inflation? Two zero eight three three six thirty seven. I may have started to get it, but I haven't finished yet. <laughs> have you spent it yet? No. A lot of people well, spending it before they even get it. Yeah, but no. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Bill obtained by Krem2, the University of Idaho says it will no longer provide birth control to students at its campus health clinic. The U of I told staff it is taking a conservative approach to Idaho's abortion ban, which states that medical providers could face felony charges for the, quote, prevention of contraception. Captain's Kyle Simchuk is on campus tonight getting reaction for students. Well, a lot of students were shocked and surprised by this news. A lot of them use this clinic to get their prescriptions, including birth control. Now they'll have to look elsewhere, potentially across the border to Pullman's Planned Parenthood. In that email obtained by Krem2, the university is also warning staff that they could face felony charges and prison time for promoting services for abortion or the prevention of conception while on the job since they are state employees working in state-owned buildings. This memo comes following the passage of two state laws banning abortions. Am I weird in thinking that it's strange that uh, University of Idaho is no longer going to even sell contraception on campus, considering that contraception stops abortion? Or it prevents it from being necessary. Uh, that, I, I, I get it that the letter was sent out, the memo was sent out last Friday, giving guidance on how to deal with the new laws here in Idaho, um, however, I don't get the part about conception because there's nothing in the new uh, state laws here in Idaho having to do with conception. So, I mean, it, it seems to me that they've gone that extra step. And, I mean, thank goodness for University of Idaho students that they live only eight miles away from Pullman, Washington, and can just go across the border. But this is stuff that has always been sold by the uh 
you know, health facilities on the University of Idaho campus. This is yeah. where most of the students would go to get all of those products. Did you see what the White House said about uh, this particular policy yesterday? White House Press Secretary Green John Pierre issued a statement saying Idaho's abortion laws are extreme and backwards. That's in response to a memo issued by the University of Idaho that we talked about yesterday, cautioning employees not to provide reproductive health counseling to students, including abortion, or risk losing their jobs, face criminal prosecution. One thing left out there, they would no longer ever be able to hold a state job ever again either. So somebody needs to uh, immediately start selling T-shirts that say, Idaho, extreme and backwards. <laughs> yeah, so this is this has been on uh, uh, kind of social media. rest of the country has gone crazy, but the White House officially did weigh in yesterday. University's general counsel sent a memo to all employees on Friday, in case you missed this story, advising that Idaho law prohibits university employees from promoting, counseling, or referring someone for an abortion and prohibits the uh, institution from dispensing drugs classified as emergency contraception, except in the case of rape. Further, uh, more, while abortion can be discussed as a policy issue in the classrooms, we highly recommend employees in charge of the classroom remain neutral or risk violating this law. We support our students and employees as well as academic freedom, but understand the need to work within the laws set out by our state. University officials were told in the guidance not to dispense birth control unless it comes from student health facilities that are contracted through the Moscow Family Health and not to provide condoms except to prevent the spread of sexually transmitted diseases. See, now that's that's the, the part that gets me is... You can you can provide them, but you can't provide them for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if you are providing them for the wrong reason, just tell everybody it's the other reason. Yeah, is, I, is that I, difficult? That's so stupid. Like, hey, I'm I'm uh, I, I'm I'm here for a condom. I don't want to get pregnant. Ah, we can't sell that. To, oh, I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't, don't want to catch a disease. A disease. Yeah. Oh, we can sell you those. Many, those those many, condoms are. How many over would here. you like? The, the condoms that prevent disease are right here. The condoms that prevent pregnancy, you know, yeah. pregnancy are sold over here. You can't have those. You can have these. Do they look the same? Well, they are the same, but they're different. Don't be stupid and don't ask for birth control condoms. <laughs> ask for condoms that will prevent you from exactly. catching a de- horrible disease on your winky. Exactly. Never, never get the wrong kind. Mike has written in and says, uh, here are the facts on the 87,000 IRS agents. The Inflation Reduction Act provided roughly $79 billion for the IRS over 10 years. The Congressional Budget Office projects that the increased IRS enforcement will generate an additional $204 billion in revenue over 10 years. That represents additional taxes that are owed under existing laws, but which go unpaid. Uh, why that's a great investment, harvesting $125 billion in owed taxes. Uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen directed the IRS not to use the new funding to increase enforcement on taxpayers, earning less than $400,000. According to the IRS, not all new hires will be agents, as some will be replacing support personnel. No, they, the IRS, won't be storming offices armed with AR-15s, as declared by several prominent Republicans, including one U.S. Senator. And in, 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 in talking about the IRS going after cryptocurrencies, we did say that. 
It's illegal. You may have thought that, hey, I could hide this money because nobody knows about it. It is illegal because if you make yeah. money, the government wants to know it, and you're supposed to self-report. So this you know, is going into that $125 billion that is owed in taxes. So the IRS is going to be going after your cryptocurrency and, and, profits. And, and by the way, if your defense is, I didn't know, they don't care. Nah, that, what is, what's the saying? Um, ignorance of the law is no, no defense. Yeah. Yeah. Curtis says, uh, these are the people, the majority of you voted into office. When there is an answer to abortion, these people want to knock it down. It absolutely makes no sense. Please, people, wake up and vote these people out. That's Curtis. Jan says... Uh, uh, good morning. Question, what job positions besides chief of police are decided by the mayor alone? If none, maybe a change is in order. Yeah, I, I don't have the list of what the mayor appoints and uh, what is uh, elected or simply hired. I know that the mayor gets to decide. I mean, they all mayors, I think, here in Idaho get to choose who their chief of police is or they can replace the chief of police just uh, when they want. Just curious, says... How come all the guns and ammo the IRS has purchased isn't mentioned when talking about all the money they invested in more people? Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you the answer to that one. Uh, sometime back on, on the Tucker Carlson show, and I happened to be watching that night, uh, Matt Gates was on, and uh, Tucker asked him, you know, how come uh, they're buying, you know, all this, uh, all these, this guns and ammunition for the IRS agents? And Gates said, well, it's, you know, probably because uh, Joe Biden has you know, raised taxes and, and they're going to start sending people in, and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's not actually the case. The IRS has always had guns and ammunition, and they have not stepped it up. They have the same amount they've always had. But they do purchase it to give to their uh, agents that are involved in the criminal division. In other words, the ones who are actually going out and arresting people, and they haven't increased the number of people in that division. But they are federal agents, and so they uh, they do uh, have the right to be armed. And so, yes, the IRS does arm them, but they've been arming them for decades. Mm. It's it's not a new thing, and it was not stepped up, and they didn't order more. They ordered the same amount they always do. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure where Gates got his information, but it, it wasn't exactly true. Paul in Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, guys. Hey, you know, I just I had a couple of questions uh, surrounding the, the police chief's exit. I heard yesterday, I believe, on one of the reports that there was a 30-page on, was on Nate show, there was a 30-page report as to why I think the individual was re, re, um, removed from being the chief of police. And, and I, I think that should be transparent to the rest of the community that uh, he was basically in charge of being chief of police. If he has that much pull and um, power, basically, then that report should be read to the community somehow, some way, so that we get not necessarily copies, but an understanding why. And, and I think the reason why it needs to be transparent is so that they not just point the faults at people, but they can also find some good things maybe in that report to say about the police as well. And I think that needs to be heard. And I'm not so sure that'll be heard. That's all I got. Ma'am, thank you for the call. The other thing I believe in this uh, yesterday, in, 
because I heard we heard the same thing. If you uh, listen and if you want to go and hear the podcast with uh, City Councilwoman Lucy Willits, who he was talking about there being on the Nate Shellman show yesterday because it was a surprise to her as it was. We got two city council people who have both on the record said they had no idea the complaints and what was going on with the police department and police chief Lee, other than the charges that were investigated having to do with the neck restraint. They had no idea about the others. Now, here's the thing, and I think that is 100% correct in the point that he made that there should be some transparency in this because the mayor, in her announcement that she had asked and received Chief Lee's resignation, gave no reason why she asked for the resignation. I would think that unless there's legality issues, but if you've asked for you know, the resignation, that's a pretty big deal, and you should probably be telling your constituents and the Boise City Council uh, on why that is instead of, you know, leaving that very pertinent, important information that I think a lot of people want to know. What was the reason why yeah. it had to be more than just the investigation because the investigation into the neck restraint thing's been going on for months and months. Well, also, apparently, there were lots and lots of complaints from police about the chief of police you know, saying that, uh, I guess, among other things, he was just insulting. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we will take a break. We've got one more segment on the way. Final chance to get through. If you want to email us, you can do that, too. Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. For your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 951-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Emails Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. Dave writes in, uh, the White House and the idiot press secretary need to keep their noses out of Idaho's business. Uh, except that the White House is kind of involved in every state's business to a certain extent. But, uh, yeah, they, they've just made it clear that they're not in favor of any of the abortion bans. Uh, Jim says, uh, gents, there is no report that Mayor McLean is going through a divorce if it is true, what is a good source to confirm at this point a rumor created by a caller? That was our point. What difference does it make? Makes no difference whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't, it's, it's a, whether it's true or not, and there's no way of knowing whether it is or not, who cares? Doesn't have anything to do with her job, doesn't affect her job, doesn't affect anybody's job. So, I mean, e- even if it turns out that it might be, could be, I mean, it's just a rumor. Yeah. It doesn't matter in case you didn't hear that i mean earlier somebody did write in and say that uh, the the mayor was going through a divorce but we don't we don't have any uh, proof of that and the reason just to give you context to that too the reason that they had said that that they had heard that that was happening and maybe she should give up being mayor so that she could concentrate uh, okay. and not miss stuff going on in the police department which is i'm just going to push back and say bs uh food for thought says why can't we step in and replace Russia's fuel to Europe with our own. It seems like the perfect time to step in and cash in for America. I am sure Europe would be more happy dealing with the U.S. Uh, if you're talking about the natural gas. Be a long-ass pipeline. From that pipeline that's been damaged. Uh, here's what I know. Russia supplies to the rest of Europe 
40% of the natural gas that they end up using, uh, which is, it's come, it comes out to a little more than 150, what is it? It's okay. It's 150 billion cubic meters of natural gas. That's what they send every year to the other European countries. Now, a few months ago, the United States made a deal to send more natural gas to Europe, and we are sending 15 billion cubic meters. Now, the difference there, Russia's sending 150 billion cubic meters. We're sending 15, about one-tenth as much. I don't know if we could handle more than that, but I suppose we can always try to make another deal. Well, you have to remember, we don't have a pipeline that runs from the United States to Europe, so that would all have to yes. go. Yes, not yet we don't. That would all have to go through tankers. I don't... It, we may have enough natural gas. We don't have enough tankers to supply Europe with the needed, you know, oil, or uh, natural gas that's going to be needed for wintertime. That's where the problem comes in. Um, and you're talking, you're having to replace almost all of it because between the fact that Russia has shut off natural gas and the fact that three of the four pipelines um, have been supposedly sabotaged and like very badly i mean it's it's not like an easy fix um you're talking you know you're losing almost all that that's 40 percent of the natural gas that would be used for you know europe to heat this winter time gone so and that's a lot yeah uh cory writes in irs already uh reports from banks regarding transactions over ten thousand dollars i think that's how they find crypto profits well, if that's the case, what's the need for the John Doe um, warrant yeah. requiring Software Bank to turn over crypto transaction data that from 175,000 users, users with 12 billion in transactions? Remember that if you strike it rich, uh, you can put it in the bank, but only put it in 9,000 bucks at a time. <laughs> the rest goes in the mattress. That's it for today. Uh, coming up, don't forget another chance to pick up your Boise State tickets during the Dan Bongino Show. I'd be listening in the noon, noon hour if you wanted a chance to win that. Plus, we'll have another pair of tickets for you to win coming up here tomorrow morning on News Talk KBOI.